Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, all right. How y'all doing? Let me speak a blessing over you out of Philippians chapter 1 on the side screens. May God, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, give you grace, stuff you don't deserve, and give you peace on top of it. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to God, to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for you with all joy. Oh, man, I love that. When I talk about you to God, it makes me smile. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news. We're in this together, church family. We're spreading the good news about Jesus Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I'm certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished. And there will be a time when our work down here is finally done on that day when Jesus Christ returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you. For you, for you have a special place in my heart. And you share with me the special favor of God. Man, I hope you feel loved here. Not just by God, but by the pastors and the ministers and by the people that are sitting around you. And the reason why I hope you feel that way is because we have so many things in common. And one of the things that we have in common is not only our relationship with God, not only the fact that he loves us and he forgives us, not only the fact that when we think about each other and we pray for each other or a smile on our face, all that kind of things, that we want the best for each other and that we hurt for each other when, each other, when somebody else is hurting. But we also have in common going through highs and lows together. We go through emotional highs and emotional lows. David talked about this in Psalms 139. He said, how precious. Now watch what David does because he kind of is all over the place. How precious are your thoughts about me? David's talking about God and how much God loves him. Oh, God, they cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, well, you're still with me. And oh, God, only if you would destroy the wicked. So now David goes from talking about how awesome God is and how much you love me, God. And since you love me so much, kill my enemies. That's what he's saying. He said, if you would just destroy the wicked, get these people out of my life. Get out of my life, you murderers. And then he points back at God. He's pointing, he's pointing at God, then he points at his enemies, and then he says to God, oh, and by the way, it's not this that they hate me. He said, he says this, he said uh, oh, God, they cannot be numbered. And he said, oh, God, if only you would destroy them. Then he says, they blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh, Lord, shouldn't I hate those that hate you? And he talks about his loyalty. Shouldn't I despise those that oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred. For your enemies are my enemies. I just want you to know what side of the street that I'm lining up on. And all of a sudden, David makes a shift from going to talking about what's happening to him on the outside to what's going on on the inside. He goes from his enemies to his inner me. Guys, this is an important life skill because you've got to recognize what's happening in you when things are happening around you. And this is what he says, so search me. I realize it's not just them that have the problem. There's a problem going on in me, God. And he said, know my heart. Test me and know my, everybody say it, anxious thoughts. 
You know, there are a lot of people that are offended about a lot of things these days, but watch this. Point out anything in me that offends who? Oh, my goodness. That's who I'm worried about. I'm not worried about offending a whole lot of people in this world because this is what I found out after 59 years on this planet. People get easily offended. And when you're not offending this person and making them happy, the person right beside them is offended because you're not doing something for them. So there's not any way on this planet you're going to make everybody happy all the time. But the one person that I want to make sure I don't offend, who is it? Man, it's God. And he said, point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Well, here's the title, Anxious Thoughts. Anxious Thoughts. Now, we're going to do this in a workshop kind of a format, a workshop setting, so I'm not going to get all preachy with you or anything like that. I just want to talk to you, and you and I can kind of talk to each other together. We can kind of discuss what it is that you and I might be dealing with, what might bring anxiety, what might the anxiety triggers uh, be in our life. But I want to start with a definition so that we make sure we're all on the same page in this workshop. To be anxious means to be, look at this, worried or afraid, especially about something that is going to happen or might happen, or, and it produces feelings of nervousness and or agitation. Now, since this is a workshop, you guys got to work with me, okay? I have told Anna, and I've told you for a long time, that the greatest battleground that I have had in my entire life is the battle that goes on in my head. That when things are going good, the enemy wants to get in my head and tell me, but they won't last, if there's no problems, I'm thinking, well, I'm just ignorant to the problems that are happening around me that I just hadn't found out about yet. And if we're not careful, when there's no drama going on in our life, we will borrow other people's drama that doesn't even belong to us. So because this is a battleground for me, I want to see if you'll be honest with me. How many of you would say that you, come on now, you struggle, like David, with anxious thoughts. Would you raise your hand? Okay, great. Let me pray. Father, it's in the powerful name of Jesus I pray right now that you would give me the words you want me to say. I pray that you would, Father, move in this room in a great and a mighty way. Help us today, Father. Get me out of the way and let your word and your truth be heard. Thank you for your goodness. Bless us today as only you can. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, since I am closing in on 59 years of age, I've kind of lost track with those in this room that are in their 20s and 30s when it comes to bringing anxiety, anxiety triggers that are going on in your life. You don't have to ask me, or I, I mean, I don't have to ask anyone else or any of you, anybody over 50, to tell you what brings anxiety into your life. I know it, I live it, I experience on a regular basis. But I sat down with some 20-year-olds and some 30-year-olds in our church, and I interviewed them, and I said, guys, what is it today that brings anxiety into your life? And they gave me a list, and I think we got them on the side screen. Well, finances, of course, you know, that's kind of always there for kind of almost for everybody. Here's one they said, vehicle problems. Vehicle problems. And I said, well, you know, explain that one to me. And, and, and these couples said, well, you know, like when you got a job and she's got a job and the kid's got to be taken to school and the, and the baby's got to be dropped off at grandma's and you only have one vehicle, that's a big issue in a family. It, it brings on anxiety. Who's got the car? Who's, who's waiting? And she's waiting, and I had to work late, and that's an issue. And then they said, I said, really? And I hadn't thought about that one for a while. And, she, and, the, and they said that. They said, and when the car, second car you have is just a piece of junk, 
And now it might break down on you or it's always costing you money or giving you problems. So the second vehicle is not as good as the first vehicle. So vehicle problems, they said, well, man, that's an, that's an anxiety trigger. And then making good decisions for the future. I said, what are you talking about? They said, we see all kinds of our friends and our peers making bad decisions, really bad decisions. And I said, okay. And then they said, comparing where you are in life or where others are in life. And then they said, pressure to succeed. And I said, well, where is this comparison thing and pressure thing coming from? I, I don't know where that would be in your life. And this is what they said, social media. Social media. And I said, what do you mean? So we get on there and somebody rolls out a video of what their life is like, and then we start comparing ourselves with their life, and they live over in Denver, they live in Dallas, or they live in San Diego, and we look where they are in their life and what they're doing and the money they're making and the house they're living in and the car that they're buying, and then we start saying, you know, we're not where they are, and they're three years younger than us. And I said, well, so, so social media, huh? Yeah, yeah, social media. I said, okay, all right, I get it. And then personal sin issues. I said, what are you talking about? I said, well, you know, we keep going back to that same sin that I thought I had conquered. And that just brings terrible guilt and anxiety on us. Oh, okay, I get that. Okay. Now, for over 50, this is funny, guys. Everybody over 50, raise your hand. Not one of them said the rising cost of health insurance. <laughs> Not one of them said it. And, I, and that's like, boom, on my radar screen, because my health insurance is five times greater than my first mortgage payment was. And it's getting higher. So I'm saying, well, that wasn't on the radar screen. That's on ours. Personal health, you know, issues. Being able to stay healthy and strong, provide for your family as you get older. Aging parents. That's another one for us that are that are over 50 years of age. So some anxiety triggers have been around for a long time, and you'll admit that. But some of them are fairly new, or the source driving them is fairly new. For instance, if you are over 50 years of age, you are of the generation that went completely through school and raised our kids without the help of Google. <laughs> Congratulations. Because when, when people today need to know something, they Google it. We didn't Google it, we grandparented it. We picked up a landline and said, Mom, the baby is hiccuping. And we don't know how to stop the baby from hiccuping. So Grandma, what should we do? And Grandma would say, you get a little teaspoon and you put some water in it and you put a little sugar in that water and then you put that up to the little infant's mouth and you prop them up and let them suck on it and they drink it. And as they're drinking it, they forget about hiccups, and the hiccups go away. We made it without Google because we grandparented everything. We just called them up. So you and, I, you and I are living, we are living in a time, and we are living in a culture that is different from what it has ever been. How many of you would agree with me that our culture is different right now than it has ever been in history, would you raise your hand? Okay, great, great, great. And let me make sure you understand what culture means. On the side screen, culture means the beliefs, look at this, the customs, the practices, everybody read the next one, and the social behavior of a particular nation or people at a particular place and time. Now, in case you don't know this and you don't agree that this is a different culture than we ever had, I want you to see this picture. Bam. 
I saw an invitation the other day, a guy wearing a t-shirt said, uh, I'm having some people over to look at their phones, would you like to come? <laughs> Our culture, guys, listen, I'm going to say it. Our culture is messed up. It is messed up. It was never supposed to be this way. Now, I know what you're saying. Some of you guys in your 20s and 30s, you're like, oh, yeah, what are we going to do, change our culture? No. You are absolutely not going to change this culture. This culture is what it is. But here's what you're going to do. Don't let our culture dictate who you will be, uh, but use our culture to your advantage to be who God wants you to be. You're not going to fix it. Duke, you're not going to fix it. Listen to me. Look, listen to this very carefully. Don't lose sight of what is eternal in an effort to improve what is temporary. And every culture in the history of mankind has been what? There you go. And so is this one. And to be real honest with you, I'm not like bashing, you know, the Internet or bashing Google. I use these tools. I love these tools. I love them. Here, watch this. Watch this. Siri lists some verses that talks in the Bible about forgiveness. Let me see if that worked. Here's what I found on the web for lists and verses the text in the Bible about forgiveness. And there's the 20 best verses in the Bible on forgiveness and encouragement. Now, do you know how long it would have taken me to cross-reference that, to find 20 verses about 10, 15 years ago? I, I love this stuff. I love it. But the difference is I want to control it. I don't want it to control me. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 34 says this. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring on its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I like that. So, so I don't really have time to know who's offended by what why people are tearing down statues, what the idiot in North Korea is up to. I got to check Facebook. I got to check Twitter. I got to check, check Snapchat. I got, I, and I got to be LinkedIn. I get 10 to 15 invitations to be LinkedIn every month. 10 to 15 every month. I can't be LinkedIn to everybody. I mean, people following 200 people just to be able to know what those 200 people's, listen, I, I cry, uncle, I surrender, I can't do it all, I'm not going to do it all because our culture is messed up. And it is never going to be, I, I've got all these apps on my phone, these are empty calorie apps. And you know what they bring? They bring anxiety. You know how people got the news in the Bible of what was going on in another city? They ran from one town to another town and told them three days after it happened. And Iran, or what used to be Persia, had the best Pony Express of, of our early time. They had it figured out how to get a runner to another town, another city, to let another king know what was going on. But man, by the time they got there, the whole thing had calmed down a little bit more than what it had been when they first ran to tell them. And then they would tell them and say, hey, 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 we're under attack. What was that? Somebody stepped on attack. What was that? Right? 
Because that's how we, they didn't have this. They didn't have this. They weren't bombarded constantly. And all of a sudden, the enemy has put a shock collar in our back pocket that buzzes us to get our attention when we don't need it to get our attention. You know what a shock collar does for a dog? A shock collar doesn't get the dog's attention. The shock collar takes the dog's attention off what his attention was on. And we walk around, zeep, beep, deep. Hey, you guys want to go out to beep? Wait a second. Hey, how about, you know, beep? What was that? Honey, you know what you want for the beep? Right? I mean, it's crazy. My two granddaughters are, they're, they, they, they know phones. And every once in a while, they say, Pop, Pop, give me your phone. Because, you know, I'll butt dial them all the time during school. They're all my favorites. And I don't know how to lock my phone quick enough. So they, they did an instant kind of a lock on my phone, which is aggravating because then you got to unlock it every time. But, but they did that, and they did too. I said, let me see your phone for a minute. So I took my phone, and they made a little emoji con that looks like me. You guys know what I'm talking about? Seriously. So they let me, I got a little emoji on here that looks like me. And they did that. They thought that was funny. And, they said, and they're always showing me stuff. They're always showing me stuff on my phone, new features and things like that. My, and Anna showed me this feature on my phone. It's like the iPhone. I think this is the iPhone 7. And let me show you a feature on this phone. It got, it's probably on your phone too, but it, Oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's really good. Okay, you see the apps right there. You see that kind of kind of zoom in on me right here. You see, you see the apps. Okay, here, here's, watch this, watch this feature. You push in on that button right there. Now watch, watch, watch. Oh my gosh, what just happened? You use it to your advantage, and then you turn it off. Some of you, some of us, listen to me. Your life would be so much better when it comes to all this stuff if you would just make three or four really good decisions today. Today, you can make them right now. And every one of these decisions starts with a N and ends with an O. Let's say it together on three. One, two, three. No! No, I'm not on LinkedIn. I'm not linking in. My wife's got me on Facebook. She's all over Facebook. She, she's loving the Facebook. Honey, honey, somebody, somebody wants you to talk to them on Facebook? No. I got live people around me. Live people. I, uh, I want to show you something that I have never shown anybody before, ever. I, I took a picture of it, and after I did, I, I hesitated, and I asked God if it would be okay if I showed you guys a picture of the most important place on the planet to me. And I wanted to make sure I got his okay, because I'm telling you right now, had he not given me his okay, you'd never see it. You would never in your life see this place. But it is the most important place on the planet to me. And, and Ann and I have been to Maui. But if God said you can go back to Maui all you want or you can go back to this place just one more time, I'd, I'd choose this place one more time. If there was one place that God said you can go back to again and again, but you couldn't go anywhere else, I would say I'll take it. I'll, t I'll take it. 
because it is the most important place on the planet to me. And, and here it is. That's it. It's a chair. It's a little footstool. It's my camo blankie. Because if you're a man and your blankie's not camo, you're just a sissy holding a blankie. <laughs> but if it's camo, oh man, you, you a man now. I got my Broncos color, right? Coffee with God. You, 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 you Dallas Cowboy jersey wearers over there. I got the Bronco. You see it? I'll get you one. I'm going to give you free coffee mugs right after the service is over. Broncos color. I got a little plaque there that says, for I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord there, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, but give you hope and a future right there. I got my magnifying glass for my large print Bible that is not really large print right there. Thank you. I got the prayer of Jabez on a picture. Right behind my chair, you can't see, but there's a prayer of Jabez there. And that's the most important place on the planet to me. Because sometimes at 4 a.m. I'm in that chair. And sometimes at 5.30. And sometimes I sleep in and it's 6.15 a.m. Before I, before I get in that chair. Because I learned something about anxiety and about this culture that you and I live in. I'm not going to win it. And I'm not going to change it. But I can retreat to, treat to somewhere that changes everything for me. Everything. Take a look at Matthew chapter 6. It says, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Everybody say the next three words. Behind you and do what? Pray to your heavenly Father where? Then your Father who has 24-7 surveillance on you, will do what? For what? I shut a door? I prayed in private? And you're going to reward me for that? that? I'll put in a 10-hour day and can't benefit like that chair benefits. Psalms 5 and verse 3 says this, listen to my voice when? And what? Each morning. Everybody know what the word each means? Every. I bring my request to you and I wait patiently. I, uh, <clears throat> last week, you know, when Hurricane Irma was sitting, my family is in Florida. And we were praying that we go, you know, out to sea and dissipate out in sea and wouldn't Cause a problem. And on Sunday night, about 11 o'clock, I was in the living room watching the Weather Channel. And the storm looked like it was going to rip right up the middle of the state. Did you all see it? Well, it went over a little town called Sebring, Florida. Sebring, Florida is just outside to the west of Orlando. And that's where my niece, who is a school teacher, and her husband, who is a worship pastor, live. And it devastated Sebring. Didn't touch their house or car at all. Not at all. My mother lives on my brother's six acres in a park model home. That's a fancy name for a trailer. (laughs) 
And when I called my mom, and she's got 50-foot-tall pine trees all around her house, and they break all the time. When I called her and I said, Mom, I understand you have a mandatory evacuation. She said, oh, yes. I said, Mom, a mandatory evacuation. She said, honey, I am not going to go sit on a mat in a gymnasium somewhere for the next three days. I am 88 years old. I am happy to go down with the ship. (laughs) Go down with the ship? My nephew's the first responder, deputy sheriff. He couldn't leave. The rest of my family said, he can't leave. Nobody's leaving. So at 11 o'clock on Sunday night, I watched this storm rip up toward their house. And the eye of the storm went right over my mother's place and my brother's place and their six acres. So at 4 a.m. on Monday morning, I was sitting in the living room with the weather channel on again. And I was texting my brother and texting my mom because it's 6 o'clock there. I knew they had to be up. And no answer. And I thought, well, the storm knocked out phones, storm knocked out phone tower, you know, cell phone tower. I don't know what's going on. And in a few moments, my mom calls me on her cell phone. I said, hey, you guys okay? She goes, yeah. I go, how was the night? She goes, I don't know. I missed it. I went to bed at 630. She said, I didn't get up to just a few minutes ago, get my coffee and call you. I said, well, where's Rick? She said, he's out accessing the damage. I said, what's it look like? He, she said, it looks like nothing. I said, what do you mean? There was not a water puddle on his property. There was not a tree that was knocked down. Their electricity stayed on and their TV was working. And nobody in the surrounding cities around them had electricity. Sebring, Florida still doesn't have it today. And you know where I went? Let me show it again. I went back to the chair. And this time I had my hands up in the air. This time I was thinking of that their electricity didn't knock, get knocked out and mom didn't lose all her freezer food. <laughs> that a tree didn't fall down on her place. That she slept good through the night. TV's still working, and that's important to an 88-year-old mama. Oh, man. It's in this chair that I learned Psalms 43. God's the source of all my joy. It's in this chair that I learned that comparing on social media is not wise. Be careful, Galatians 6. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourselves to anyone else it's in this chair talking to my heavenly father first timothy i find out that great wealth comes from godliness your life being all about god and contentment right here in grand junction colorado it's in this chair that i find out that god's not mad at me because I've had to tell him I'm sorry for the same sin 3,000 times. Because he tells me in Isaiah, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins. And for my own sake, I will never think of them again. So God, we're okay? Yeah, we're okay. I can't tell you the number of goosebump times I've had in my chair. God just telling me something. 
you may have heard a hundred times, but in the chair, in a private meeting with a door shut. And here's one of the greatest verses for us as his children. And it is the CEO of this universe wants to have a meeting with you. Psalms 27. My heart has heard you say, come and, come and talk with me. God, you're God. What if I just come and you tell me something? And God says, no, you're my child. I want you to come and talk to me. And my heart responds, ask you to come and study him he didn't say come and bring a three ring binder a legal pad and a number two pencil he's not giving you work he's just saying would you come and talk to me I want to pray for those of you who the enemy has been battling your mind. Those of you that said you struggle with anxious thoughts. I've got two more things I want to tell you right down here in front before I pray for you. So I want you to stand. These guys are going to start singing and I want you to come right down here right now if you struggle with anxious thoughts. Come on, come on, come on. I got something for you. I got something for you. Come on. things for you. 
I don't have a three-point message that will take away your anxious thoughts. I don't have one. If we had one, we could put it in a book, sell a billion copies to God's kids. It does not exist. Stop looking for a one-sentence answer to your anxious thoughts. It's not coming to you. It's not. But, but, I do have a meeting place that does a pretty good job with my anxious thoughts for about a day. One day. And sometimes at night when my mind starts being attacked, the worst. I just got to remind the enemy where I'm going to be at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. So good night. I'll be talking to my father in the morning. There's a second thing. Billy Graham knows it. Bill Hybels knows it. John Maxwell knows it. And Joyce Myers knows it. And every significant child of God walking this planet today knows it. That closed door on a place that you create for one reason and for one reason only, to meet with your Heavenly Father, will be the secret to your success. I don't care what you think is going to give it to you. The secret to your success is not your education. It's not your social media. It's not who you're following or who's following you or who likes your stuff. You meet with the God of this universe who says, click, 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 click. I'm liking your stuff. I'm liking your stuff. I'm liking your stuff. I'm, oh, you shut the door, did you? Oh, you're having private time with me, did you? Oh, I'm liking that. I'm liking that. Reward. And in this meeting, you go, Father, my car is crappy. Since we're just talking, I got a crappy car. Can I have another if you're passing out rewards for nothing more than closing a door <laughs> and talking to you privately and each morning can, can my wife have another car Lord and your wife's going to start looking at you like good night when did, when did Superman walk in the door what did you do? Oh, honey, oh, honey. I can't talk to you about the secret to my success. There is nothing in this life or culture that's going to give you what you need. There's no pills you can pop. There's no drinks you can drink. There's no... Colorado cigarette that you can smoke. 
Can we see that picture one more time? Get you one of these. Got to get creative, you young mamas with preschoolers. That sits in an attic above my garage. My man cave. You get up there by special invitation and climbing stairs. I don't care if you got to create a doghouse in your backyard. Close a door. Talk to your Heavenly Father privately. Come and meet with me, he says. Come and meet with me. And the response was, Lord, I am coming. Father God, for everyone in this circle, for everyone in this room, we need your peace that doesn't make sense in this world and in this culture. We need you to put your arm around us when our mind's going crazy. God, in the name of Jesus, we need you to calm us. We need you to fix us. We need you to help us. And God, when you do it today, we're going to come back and ask you to do it tomorrow. And sometimes we're just going to spend the time in the chair thanking you. And sometimes we're going to have a laundry list of problems we need to talk to you about. But God, we're coming to you. We're coming to you. We're coming. I'm not going. I don't. I'm not going to. All this wasted time with empty calorie apps and social media that does me no good but depress me more. You first. You first. If I got time for the other, I'll use it to my advantage. But you first. In Jesus' name. Coming to you. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand, would you? You guys are loved. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this, in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.